Welcome to the Nurture Small Business Podcast. I'm your host, Denise Kagan, president of the DCA Virtual Business Support. At DCA, we believe in small businesses and the families they support. Learn more at dcavirtual.com. Sarah Miller is the CEO of Access Entertainment and host of Media Maven's podcast. Sarah has over 15 years of unparalleled experience creating leaders and defining markets through strategic public relations, marketing, and experiential activations within the tech, entertainment, sports, and lifestyle industry. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Hi, Denise. Thanks. It's good being here with you. Oh, it's fantastic uh, to have you here. We had a nice little chat right before. (laughs) I would say we were um, probably entertaining each other a little bit. So you are in the PR space, correct? Yes. And you work in uh, several different areas that aren't specifically related. To me, they don't feel related. Maybe they are. Well, yeah, it's just, you know, a lot of people have this misconception of publicity and public relations. It's not the same thing. I mean, we are a true strategic public relations agency. You know, we create leaders, define markets, you know, we're out there changing the perception in the marketplace, positioning our clients as global leaders. Everybody's racing to be number one in this global economy. So, I mean, we are making sure their stories are told, the right place, the right time, very creative, very strategic. We're an experiential agency. So whether it's utilizing whatever their goal is, you know, whether it's a product launch or services, you know, on the experiential side, because most people are, people are loyal to your brand when they know the backstory to the brand. It's all about your experience. So we apply the same strategy to our clients. So we're um, a public relations firm. Publicity is really anybody could say, hey, I built a company or I built a product. I did a press release and they walk away. That's just publicity. That doesn't move the needle. That doesn't define you as a leader. That doesn't get you market share. That's, you know, when people say my publicist, well, that's somebody who is on the red carpet holding their purse and their gown why, and standing back why they take photos. Or it's, hey, somebody who's a publicist, they wrote a press release. They're not strategic public relations professionals. They're just publicists. So there's a big difference, I think, from the experience, um, education, just in general, Publicist, publicity and public relations are not the same thing. We're very tuned into being a strategic go-to-market public relations firm. So, you know, our client base is, you know, very well known in the startup space, you know, tech, entertainment, you know, sports, lifestyle. But um, I mean, it's all under, you know, kind of the public relations slash marketing brand umbrella. So when you say lifestyle business, give me an idea of what type of business would fall in that category. Uh, we launched um, Heal the Dream Water. So we're 10% of every bottle purchased went towards underdeveloped countries who needed clean water. Mm. In those areas, um, we worked with a lot of products, lifestyle products. Mercedes-Benz R&D at one point was a client. Um, we have this electric Prodeco tech, an electric bike down in um, Florida, actually. So, I mean, you know, they're lifestyle, product lifestyles. We've had a few of those. Okay. And that makes sense now that you explained it that way. And you talked about developing market and the PR is different than publicity. I'm assuming that because you approach this more strategically, that you also probably have some metrics that measure the success of this. It's, and I think it's hard for PR firms in general, because, you know, it, it, sometimes when it's a consumer product, you can measure the metrics and quantitative figures by units sold and what drops. Based if you have an experiential event, if we're at an event or we run an event, which we've done, 
we're launching a new product at a festival or you're doing pop-ups or some kind of experiential campaign, you can see your sales and you can see how that affects it. With basic public, you know, if you don't have a consumer brand and it's more tech, content, startups, mm-hmm. you know, it's sports. It's, it's a little bit harder to measure the metrics in the ways of dollar. But if you're gaining authority leadership and if you're like, I'm just going to pick on sports. I'm just going to pick on, you know, if you're the Clippers, I'm in LA and you're, you know, people don't really know about the Clippers or a hockey team or whatever, but you do all this PR, but then all of a sudden you become the, you know, that brand that everybody's talking about it. You're being picked up in the press, you're in the news. Then you are, you are building your authority and that's always going to catapult into success VC funding. People need to know it's kind of like publicity is like, I'm so great. I'm so great. Look at me, look at me, look at me. I launched this or that right? And we get that. And that's what people want. Look at me. But if you take the advertising next to the public relations parallel, you don't want to talk about an ad. Look at me. Here's a billboard. Here's this. Here's an ad. We're so great. The number one XYZ in the industry. But when you talk at public relations, we're talking about look at them. They're so great. Here's endorsements. The media is talking about top companies, um, analyst reports. Hey, here's the top three leading companies based on all this stuff, research. There's more credibility to you into the market when you're being talked about by a third party winning awards in edit pieces and articles than when you're just out there yourself saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. Okay, well, everybody could say, look at me. But when somebody else to the left is saying, wow, that's a company, that's a leader, it's going to resonate more into, okay, there's an endorsement I need to look into or follow. So that's, we, we kind of straddle that line with a lot of our clients. Gotcha. So you are um, the founder or uh, creator of the Mobile Excellence Awards. Is that not correct? Yeah, the Media Excellence Awards. Media, sorry. I don't know why no, no, I said no, We used to actually be mobile. Because remember when mobile years ago, I was going to age myself here. Remember <laughs> when mobile became mobile and it was a standalone phone and it was so exciting. Then the tablets and then the watches. And then I could run mobile campaigns and text messages and download mobile music, games, apps, everything. But then as we emerged and innovated moving forward, it became multimedia because every we're all mobile. That's all point of moving, shaking, watching, talking, distribution. We're all moving around. So we moved it from mobile excellence awards to the media excellence awards because it really is mobile is no longer a standalone. It's just more of a multimedia platform because you think about how many times you could watch and download anything on any screen. That's really a media play, not just mobile. So um, we changed the name to Media Excellence Awards like six, seven years ago. But we created that um, just because we have startups as clients. And, you know, it's hard for certain startups to say, hey, we just work for Disney or MGM or we did something for Coca-Cola. But Coca-Cola won't let us write a release about it. They don't want to talk about it. They're just white labeling. It's public, but we can't, you know, officially get them to endorse it. So because we're an experiential agency, have a lot of events under our belt, I decided to create a small little event to honor the startups because I know how hard it is for startups to get recognized by their peers and leaders in the industry to see who they are. Longer story, sidebar, is just we just became very well known for what we did very quickly and just hustled through it. And so we created this event and, you know, it was a great event. Like 300 people had some really big names in their brands, gave awards honored innovators and leaders in all things mobile tech and entertainment. Year goes by, get all these phone calls and messages. Hey, when are submissions open? Like submissions for what? 
Well, the NEAs. And I go, ah. so I called my entire board back, you know, clients back and board CEOs. And I was like, hey guys, one more year. I brought like, you know, my advisory, my advisory board together. Everybody loved it. Brought him back. We did one more year. Year three, I'm like, I'm like, okay, we're a PR firm. I'm getting my career started. I can't fail and just do a great event. Then somebody else ride on my coattails and do the same thing when I do the work. I got to do one more year. So we did year two, year three. Hey, our submission's open. We don't see it anywhere. I'm like, gosh. So I had to call a good friend of mine who ran the big brand agency. I'm like, we got a problem. He was on the board. I'm like, what do we do? He goes, okay, we love it. We'll build you the site. Don't worry about it. We'll just take a trade partnership for exposure. We're good friends. Um, I'm like, okay, perfect. Built the website. Okay, phew, we're legit. Let's just be done with this whole thing. And then I'm like, oh, God, year four. This is not a quick, great idea. So he did it at Paramount Studios. And then at that point, it's like, okay, well, there's no going back because now my name's on it. We're in our year year five. So I, there was no game plan for this. And we are now opening or launching submissions for year 15 with the new website in about two or three weeks. So there was, there was, there was, there was, there was, there was no game plan. And it's funny because people ask me all the time, give us a business plan, you know, teach, you know, be on a panel, talk to our podcast about how to grow. How did you get here? I'm not the one to ask. I had no plan. And and I don't want to tell that to anybody. Oh, don't have a plan. But like my story is not like I am the exception to the rule. And I'm very aware of that. This was not a plan to grow one of the largest awards globally. I mean, it was just, I think, two margaritas after dinner with friends. And the idea came up. And now we're in year 15. I just went with it. I caught up after I got ahead of it. And it is weird. It's funny because that's the same story I have with my agency. I didn't have a plan to start a PR firm. I was leaving a huge firm in San Francisco. was going to go back to the client site, back to um, Arizona, where I'm from. I didn't know what I was going to do when people were getting fired. The tech bubble was blowing up. I didn't know. Told one client, he goes, no, no, we need you. You're the reason why we are at this firm. I go, but I'm leaving. It's a huge firm. I'm not stealing a client. I'm out. Sign your contract with it. Come, just do respect. We're out. And we went from like seven to 39 million. We did a huge 190 million MA. Like, we'll just, we'll pay you what we paid them just to keep you to get through this because it's been you. I'm like, okay, it's a one time thing. No game plan, right? Terrified my parents. Yeah, it's a business. We're worried about you. You can't do this in your 20s. Went to a Giants game, got a few martinis. A friend of mine said, Yeah, we'll do a little quick splash page because we have somebody who also needs you on PR. And we're going to refer you, but make it look legit. I'm like, Whatever. It'll take me a few months. I'll sort out what I'm going to do. That was 15 years ago. Now I have this um, well known agency. I had no plan. Podcast, same thing. I had no plan. We were in COVID. I was drinking a glass of wine. Oh my God, bad theme of drinking. I was with a girlfriend <laughs> drinking a glass of wine on Zoom, catching up. She's another PR firm on the celebrity side. And I'm like, oh, we're always chatting. It's funny with some of our friends that are high level, like executives, Let's just record it. So I started recording podcasts, 30 in. I'm like, oh God, I need to do a website. I need to vet this out and like, make this legit. So like everything I've done had no game plan. But then once I started, I just, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to make it and figure out how to get it out there. And so when people ask me, sometimes we'll give these startups, you know, rules of how to start a company. I'm like, yeah, I tap out of that conversation nine out of 10 times. You know, it's interesting. Um, I've had two businesses and never had a business plan. Doesn't mean I'm not strategic because I am really organized and strategic. I just 
didn't have a business plan. Right. Because I was telling you before, I'm impressed. You have an entire team from admin to tech on your podcast, which is amazing. Just because you don't have this 10 step, 20 page business plan doesn't mean you're not going to thrive and survive and succeed and lead your industry. It just means you've got to be smarter than a business plan to know what to do and how to pivot plan being where to go and make it happen. To me, I'm more impressed with those leaders than the guys who say, oh, wow, we have a 25-page plan and board meetings and we've changed our decks 80 times and you're still struggling. Just pull up the bootstraps and go lead, do what you're good at. But um, yeah, I, it's impressive. I get to, it is more impressive people such as yourself who didn't have a plan, who are successful because they are, they just, they innately know how to lead and what they're doing. And they're very focused and grounded of where they need to be. And that says a lot for somebody. And I appreciate that. But I have had some help along the way. I do believe in having it, like you said, an advisory board. I I, I have an advisor to help keep me grounded because there are times where I don't feel as grounded, to be honest with you. I, I mean, everybody's like that, especially these days, you know, everybody needs people around them. Like I wasn't going to go down this, this path, but I had a client um, hit his best friend and him owned this huge fintech company that did, they did extremely well. But these two men had such faith and believed in me more than I believed in myself because I was just working for a big agency as their account director. And they saw something like you could do better on your own. You know what you're doing. And I was in my 20s and it was a little unnerving, but they believed in me and supported me when I didn't have enough confidence and belief in myself in my 20s. And I'm not saying it was all that, but I'm not saying it was all me. I've had tremendous help through such ups and downs in my life and career the past 15 years. And I've had tremendous people around to get me through, to keep things going. But you, you got you to like understand and step back. Like you're only as good as a team around you. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And, you know, it's, I've been in business 10 years. You've been in business, I think you said 15. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, that develops over time, you know, and you find, you know, for instance, when my company first started out, we were just doing administrative and then we had people, well, can you do this? And can you do this? And can you do this? And eventually that turned into reality. It wasn't a plan to do it. It just happened. And now we have this whole creative team. So, Talk to me a little bit about, so we just referenced the the finance or the technology space rather, and you talked about, you know, experiential publicity. So how would that work with the financial or why do I keep saying financial technology space? Uh, I just, you know, I think it just really depends. You know, if you look at CES, some of these bigger tech companies where, you know, they really go out, you like whether it's VR or AR, right? Let's take VR as an easy one. You know, you're in VR and you have the headset. Okay, can you explain VR? Virtual reality. So if you're in virtual reality, you know, saw so the headsets, the Oculus, you're, you're, you're actually experiencing what it's like before you buy it. And some people are just so obsessed with it. I mean, they're, you know, that's the, what they're doing. What mm. it, it's that experience. If you look at, I mean, I don't want to take vineyards because that's, I mean, consumer brands are easier to experience it, but on mm. the tech side, there's certain things that you do. If you go into a booth or you have a good experience it's just making sure you're experiencing the features, the benefits, everything, the product, the, whatever offers, and you're having a good experience. They know who their market is. They're giving their market an experience to where they they know the story, the backstory, the branding, the loyalty, and what that means. 
And a lot of people do like look at the digital side, digital technology for the digital good. Do you want incentives and you want people to keep coming back to you? Most brands, regardless if it's tech or consumer, they all have the same issue to attract, retain and maximize, attract new customers, clients, retain the ones you have by keeping them happy and then maximizing your leadership in the marketplace. I mean, that's the very basic rule set. And the only way to do that, yeah, it is reaching out. It is you know, there's so many strategic things, market intelligence surveys, knowing who your clients are, knowing what the market is, you know, giving them a better experience, whether it's a Microsoft download or a tech thing, or, you know, you get one month free, or you get a $5 gift card. It's just, you got to make people walk away feeling good. Like, yeah, that was a cool brand. That wasn't a hard sell. That was super good brand. I feel good. You know, the people were professional, educated, or, you know, I got a free gift card or whatever it is, but you walked away, whether it's tech or consumer brands, feeling good about your experience with them. And that experiential could be anywhere from product activation at shows. It could be campaigns. I mean, there's pop-ups, there's camp, there's so many immersive campaigns going on in storefronts and pop-ups. You know, if you look at some of the stuff, all the sales at Best Buy, Best Buy has done a really good job of, hey, doing a point system come in, purchase, and you know, apply points towards your next purchase. Okay. I mean, there's just so much you could do. We um, It's funny because, or not, actually it's not funny, but like when COVID shut down that week, three years ago, I was keynoting the 2020 Wine, Marketing, and Travel, and Tourism Conference with all the vineyards up in Oregon. And it was very eerie because we knew COVID was spreading. We knew internationally other countries were shutting down, but the U.S. was in that teetering do we shut is this legit i mean nobody knew but there was panic and fear and um like i got back two days before the whole world completely shut down and i'm grateful i got back but everybody felt that the few mm-hmm. days week prior that something was not right people are right. getting sick and we you know talked about a lot of these vineyards and wineries and the experiential of how to keep people because it's such a saturated market and it wasn't a really great crowd because it was a little bit off on reading the news all the time. But we talked about, you know, the experiential to the market at this conference. I just think there's so much that goes into the strategic outreach of what public relations is. And um, I just think you got to focus, you got to really focus and be more strategic, more intuitive. COVID really hurt a lot of people. And I think if you could come out the other side, more intuitive, more strategic understanding taking that time to research and to understand the market, retool what you have to rebuild what you need to, but your that's easy, but your mindset as a CEO has got to be more strategic, has to be more creative, or you bring that team in or whoever it is in who has that skill set to get you back out into the market because we're post COVID. We need to get back out into the market. I think people are still a little bit nervous of how to do it. And I'm, I'm not that I'm pushing public relations because we're a PR firm, but 97% of most companies fail in the first five years, or if they have a two to four year lag time, like we with COVID without Mm -hmm. PR, they've got to fight harder and get more, not so much fight harder, spend more money on budgets, be more creative, more intuitive. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing for publicists because everybody has a right and needs to survive, but you really need to look at the public relations, how that's being done, because most people don't need a publicist. They need public relations right now. They've got to earn that market back. And all of that makes sense. And you've talked a little bit about, you know, the wineries and the technology and the pandemic. So rolling all of that together, there's been lots, a lot of tech advancement. 
from the pandemic. I mean, it was just necessary. So tech kind of went, jumped 10, 15 years forward, in my opinion. What what kind of new things are you seeing out there that's exciting to do the things that you do in the I PR space? It's interesting because I think we're in the um, wild, wild west right now with the whole NFT crypto market. <laughs> I mean, think about it. We've all been sequestered. It's been pandemic. Nothing's moving. We come out of the pandemic crypto nfts i think it's been like a land grab a money grab people think oh if i buy a jpeg or an image for 200 bucks sell it for three million i'm a millionaire i don't have to go back to work this is a problem we're seeing people don't want to work because the timing of how this whole huge global shift is like the perfect storm i think that's making it hard for people to go back because they're thinking they're seeing an easy way to make money then the crypto market tank last week or two weeks ago I think it's just it's I think a lot of technology during this time it's good or bad you know you go through the bumps and then it gets crazy and then it kind of crashes and then leadership comes out of that who figures it out I think web 3 and I think the metaverse is a tremendous experience people we're not going back we're only going forward so we're really moving into the web 3 a lot of big brands I see some tremendous stuff coming out of retail, especially at Gucci. They are doing the physical, digital brands, the whole metaverse. I think it's amazing. There's so many aspects to the metaverse that need to be defined still in the crypto market. But I'm also seeing a few people do better. They want to lead better. They want to do what's best for humanity, for communities. We have a client and they're using Bitcoin on a humanitarian level globally. So to go to these impoverished countries where they don't have access to fiat, you know, for us to go to an ATM machine, we just go down the street. No, we're on the phone, we're texting. It doesn't phase us. But in some of these other countries to go to get cash, to survive, to pay a bill, you got to take a bus, walk over mountains, take trains to get to the nearest town. You don't have a car just to get cash and your whole day has gone and it's not safe. And it's, just, it's, it's not, it's not productive on any means for anybody. So they're using Bitcoin, educating, empowering these communities because everybody has a phone to use Bitcoin, whether it's $2 to buy milk, diapers, to go buy a goat. I mean, to, to do, to get yarn, to make, I mean, you can't rely on um, tourist dollars because we've had three hard years So they're using, they have over 15 circular economies in Peru alone that are thriving, surviving, actually had a chance to survive as an economy because of Bitcoin. I'm seeing a lot of good come out of technology, not that, hey, let me go buy Bored Ape and make billions of dollars and brag about it on social. To me, that's not impressive. I I just don't even care to see that on social. I want to see people are actually making a difference in the world by using tech. And, you know, we're kind of in the metaverse stage right now of everything with the Web3. And it's another way to shop, another way to have an experience to really see what you want to see and, you know, to have that virtual world. So I do see... Yeah, a lot moving forward in that direction. But, you know, another year from now, two years from now, I just think because we've kind of, like you said, warp speed ahead on tech, I think it's just going to keep getting better. Because I think that that barrier to entry, that fear that we had has been broken down because of COVID, because we came out hard with some of these technologies. I mean, look at Zoom. We're all on Zoom now. Like I should have had stock in Zoom or Amazon when COVID started, because I mean, it's just, it's blowing up. It's a new way our new normal is not meet and greets. It's on Zoom. I mean, there were nothing compared to um, the other technologies before we got started into this whole COVID realm. You know, is it what I'm going to do moving forward? 
Yes. And no, I'm going to become a hybrid because I miss being with people. I miss the events and being out there. But I just feel like our lifestyle because of COVID have shifted that we all realize what we want to be happy, what we need, how productive we can be without being in the office, stuck in traffic for eight hours and the technologies that are being built and given to us to evolve and to be productive. I think that's going to be the exciting part of where this next 10, 15 years is going to go. So only up from here is what I just heard you say. (laughs) Yes. Fingers crossed. It's only onward and upward. Onward and upward. And um, so I want to come back real quick to the media awards. You said that they're opening soon. Is anybody eligible to apply to that? Yeah. So funny, 15 years, I feel like my, the website was looking like 15 years. You just kept re- adding and moving things around. So we're have a, um, we're launching a new website next week and we're launching the MEAs in our 15th year. Um, anywhere, we're going to add a, probably a podcast category, metaverse, add a few new categories, um, you know, VR, AR, uh, multi-marketing, you know, delivery, user, UI, um, business apps, entertainment apps, utility apps, sports, esports. I mean, you name it, there's about 20 or 25 categories that cover you know, the industry um, will be launching that. If you're in tech or if you're doing anything, if you're evolving and you're utilizing tech, there is a category in mobile and media. I'm, a, you know, I wrote this chapter of this book um, and I have this thesis paper that I did for the book to publish two years ago or a year ago. It was all about leaning on tech, leaning into tech, how to thrive and survive by utilizing tech. And so I just finished the paper on it like two, three weeks ago. And, you know, I wrote it because I've always thrived on tech. We've evolved as a tech company. The MEAs has been thriving to honor those innovators in tech and what's coming ahead and what's next. So I'm always a big believer that you need to lean into tech. You need to learn, you need to read. This is kind of from medical to sports to health. I mean, across the board education, we all have to lean more into the technology space. So the MEAs um, is a tremendous award that really honors innovation and um, in all things multimedia and tech and entertainment. That sounds exciting. And I would love to see that paper as well. Um, That sounds very interesting. I am actually of a generation that typically does not embrace technology. (laughs) I'm at the tail end of it. (laughs) Well, I think, I think you, I mean, you're, you're, you use Zoom, you're on podcasts, you, you have a team. I mean, you are clearly embracing tech. Right. But most of those in the generation I'm in do not. I, you know, I just think it's, 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 yeah, I, I, yes and no. I think the newer, like, that was it? Gen, we're not about Gen X, Gen Z. I forgot where we are. Um, <laughs> Z. Yeah, I mean, you know, look at these 10 year olds, 15 year olds are like just killing it and crushing like games, you know, and everything, Fortnite and stuff and things. I'm like, what the hell? Like sometimes I was years ago, I'd have to like give my phone to one of my nephews. Like they're in just, just can you figure this out? And I'm on an iPhone. I know iPhone tech. I do think it does make a difference because when you're younger, your mindset's different. I mean, I love that people are supporting women coders now and women in tech and women gamers. I mean, there is that. I do agree with you, but I also feel like as some of these older generations, you still need, people need Zoom to connect with family members, especially during COVID. So we're all adapting to tech at our own cadence and needs. It's not like nobody's not adapting. Maybe just going at their own cadence, their own needs. And some may just need Zoom to see kids or family. And that's about the extent of their tech. Or there's people that are just super savvy. We have a client 
And for some reason, as a PR firm, they call us when they have tech issues, <laughs> not opening Excel sheets and not getting emails and uh, website issues and mobile app issues. I mean, it, it just it just is what it is, you know. We actually have some clients that do that to us too. <laughs> well, it's like I feel like when my parents call me, and like and you know that went on because I'm we're a Mac agency. We hear that whoosh sound. We send an email, and like one night my dad calls like 10, 10 30. Like, dad, what's up? Why are you calling? Where's mom? He's like, oh, no, she's fine. I just didn't get that swoosh sound on my emails. I, you're calling me at 10 o'clock at night. Is that swooshing sound? Is it, is it well, the email went out, but I need to hear that swooshing sound. Like, he's an, was an engineer. So I'm like, oh my God. So I had to sit there and try to troubleshoot because that swooshing email going out sound. Like, so like, and I gave my parents one of my laptops they needed to their cabin and stuff on weekends in the summer. And so I had to clean it up for them. And so when I went home, like a few weeks ago, I think I spent like seven hours cleaning up the tech, having to do little things. I mean, so it's like, I feel like, okay, I'm going to give you my tech support. My, I feel like genius bar is now closed. It's midnight. <laughs> you got it. You know, you got to forget how to use Zell on your own, your mobile app. I mean, I just feel it's funny because then I have a client who's like that, but I, you know, it just, it is what it is. You know, you do what you need to do to get people to where they need to go. You know, absolutely. So I feel like, so I feel like I'm genius bar half the time when it comes (laughs) to my parents and like the whole tech thing, but it's okay. I don't think I'd mind being referred to as genius bar. (laughs) (laughs) Joke about that all the time. My mom, my mom, I talk to them, I go, like you need genius bar help mom, you know, just because, but you know, it is what it is, but I've gone very tech savvy more than most when it comes to issues with the computer, like we're on the back end of a mobile app with the Apple dev account, back end of websites and WordPress. I am actually very impressed how tech savvy I've gone over the years. And I've, I've learned myself with malware crashes and our own website and stuff. You know, I'm always taking notes. If this happens again, I don't want to be eight hours on hold in panic mode. What do I do? <laughs> so um, I just, we need to lean on tech to thrive and survive. And there's no other way around it. I agree. I agree. So this has been a very lively conversation. I know you have amazing, have talked about amazing things in relation to, you know, experiential um, activations and, you know, describing that. But if our listeners want to reach you, how will they do that after the show? I mean, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I'm all over all social. I'm as Glamour Girl LA, um, Axis Entertainment. You know, we have Axis Entertainment official on all platforms. Um, they can just go to um, the website, access-entertainment.com. <clears throat> they can just reach out to us there on the intake form. Um, anything, you know, they can just, if they have any questions, just probably the best place would be info at access hyphen entertainment or s miller at if they have questions on the awards or anything else um All right. somebody will get back to somebody eventually it's just hard to be because some people have really great names you know i'm first name last name at everywhere like i got a <laughs> common name so i am under glamour girl la on every platform except for linkedin it's just sarah miller at access entertainment Perfect. Okay. We'll make sure all of that is in our show notes. Sarah, thank you so much for being a guest today. Oh, it was so good talking to you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me for today's Nurture Small Business podcast, where the focus is on business growth, technology, and people strategies to help your business thrive. At DCA Virtual Business Support, our focus is making your business operations run smooth so you can focus on growth. Reach out to me at Denise at dcavirtual.com if you'd like to learn more.